Hello everybody, thank you so much for being with me, appreciate the time. So what's going on in the radar? Let's check out uh, most likely what you probably have heard about Joe Biden and uh, the fiasco, the uh, fiasco the, he ended insulting one of the reporters. Uh, keep in mind this is a conservative uh, uh, TV reporter um, from Fox. Uh, let's check it out. It's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. As you probably know, this is all over uh, the news, uh, everywhere. But what is the real problem? The real problem is that this uh, administration, and I don't know uh, that this guy is really in his. Uh, mine a hundred percent to basically take the so-called um, I don't even know how to call it but this problem that we he's creating it's uh, Ukraine and Russia the why is it a big problem number one we're not even supposed to be anywhere near allies uh, I don't even know why is it that the UN doesn't help out if that's a big such problem the UN is supposed to be there that's the reason why everybody pays to the UN so that everything that happens in this situation is supposed to be taken care of by the police of the world if you call it you know the UN but I digress. Let's let's focus on what's what's the the cost here, the cost of this, and this is my five cents here. Check it out. The problem uh, that we have now here in the states and probably all over the world is inflation, because governments decided to print so much more money. And um, what you have in your pocket is not worth the same amount anymore. So now it's worth less. I've I've said it this, uh, before. I'm I'm gonna continue to um, say it again. And when this happens, the best uh, how do you call this? But the best way to counterattack this inflation is by creating a war. Uh, if you go back in history not so long ago your grandpa's or your great-grandfather's went to war or got to see the war of uh, World War Two. so I'm going to give you some statistics here real quick so you can understand how things work so here it is this is from Wikipedia the Great Depression was severe um, worldwide economic depression that took place mostly during the 1930s, the beginning of the United States. The timing of the Great Depression varied around the world. In most countries, it started in 1929 and lasted until the last, latest 1930s. It was the longest, deepest, and most widest spread depression of the 20th century. 
the Great Depression economy. Um, commonly used as the example of how intensely the global economy can decline. The Great Depression started in the United States after a major fall in the stock price that began around September 4th, 1929, and became worldwide news with the stock market crash of October 29, 1929, which was known as Black Tuesday between 1929 and 1932. Worldwide gross domestic product fell by the, an estimate of 15%. By comparison, worldwide GDP fell by less than 1%. From 2008 to 2009, during the Greatest Recession, some economies started to recover by the mid-1930s. So when did World War II started? Well, we just read that it was mid-1930s, correct? So, the World War that lasted from 1939 to 1945 involved the vast majority of the world's countries, including all the great powers, forming two opposing military alliances, the Alliance and the Axis powers, in a total war directly involving more than 100 million personals or people for more than 30 countries everywhere everywhere I guess we all and I'm gonna name a few okay obviously you remember uh, Germany the Nazis but Germany had an alliance with uh, uh, the Italians and the Imperial of Japan so that's a group right there the Allied military occupation of Germany, Japan, Austria, and Korea began um, of the nuclear age, or the beginning of the nuclear age, I'm sorry. The solutions of the League of Nations and then United Nations came out of that. And we're going to name um, these two parties here. You have Joseph Stalin from, you know, looks like it's Russia. Franklin D. Roosevelt from the United States, Winston Churchill from from England, and Sean K. Shing. Uh, Sean K. Shing, um, it's Chinese, um, or or um, well, they were trying to avoid the war, but not exactly. I mean, you have to see the other side of the coin, and I think that's what's happening now. Uh, if you see what's happening, why do we need to get into a country and they have the UN? There's no need for the US to get in. But that's where you have to see the other side of the coin. Why are they getting into after recession or depression? There's a war that brings people out because it creates jobs creates and creates contracts contracts that means money means jobs opportunities but at what cost you see there's no reason for the United States to get in the in this middle of all this 
you know, entanglement. I can call it like that. It's just an excuse to create a war. Um, and again, why? Money is always behind this. But uh, there's more. But um, I listened to a guy named uh, Tucker Carlson, and he had an interesting point of view. And uh, I kind of like mine. So let's check it out. A bipartisan coalition of neocons in Washington has been recklessly stoking conflict between those two countries for years now. Our foreign policy establishment, in fact, has sent hundreds of millions of dollars in weapons to one of the most volatile regions in the world, hoping for some kind of explosion. And now their wish seems to be coming true. That explosion looks like it's on its way, and it could very easily suck the United States into the center of it. That's what we said last night. But honestly, as we read those words, they seemed hard to believe. We're really going to fight a war over some corrupt Eastern European country that is strategically irrelevant to us? With everything else that's going on right now in our own country? No normal person would ever want to do anything like that. How could it really happen? We're still not sure how it could happen, but nevertheless, it does seem to be happening right now. The Biden administration has begun evacuating American civilians from Ukraine. The Pentagon has announced it is prepared to use force in the region. So this country is now closer to a legitimate war than we have been in decades. And to be clear, we're talking about an actual war here not a protracted series of airstrikes against some impoverished dirt patch they're telling you is an existential threat to the nation. Russia is not a rock. Russia has nuclear weapons and a real army. A war with Russia is not a joke. It won't be over in a week. So you'd think right now might be the time the president of the United States could explain what's going on here. What exactly are we doing in Eastern Europe and why are we doing it? But no. In an exchange with reporters today, Joe Biden explained that he wasn't going to take any questions at all for fear that someone might ask him about Russia. By the way, the reason we're not going to have any time for questions now is these guys got to get quickly on the plane and go out and do a major announcement in Ohio, and you guys will ask me all about Russia. You guys will ask me all about Russia, and Joe Biden's not falling for that one again. You can see why. A couple of days ago, he tried to talk about Russia during a press conference. And he got the talking points so mangled that his staff had to issue statements afterward informing us that Joe Biden has no idea what he's talking about. Biden's mistake at the press conference was suggesting that maybe war with Russia is not inevitable. In Washington, you're absolutely not allowed to say that. Donald Trump said it repeatedly. They impeached him for it. In Joe Biden's case, his handlers just stepped in and told us a brand new story. Here's White House Chief of Staff and amateur comedian Ron Klain explaining that actually this is what Joe Biden meant to say. And as you listen to it, you may notice that it's the opposite of what Biden actually said. I think it's fair to say the White House has pretty aggressively walked back or clarified whatever you want to call it, the president's comments about Ukraine and Russia and whether the president was signaling that a minor incursion might be viewed through a different lens. Whether the president meant to say that at the time or maybe he was being inarticulate, can you afford any gaffes given the stakes right now in all this? Well, I think the president was quite clear and reiterated his point of view this morning. Very clearly, President Putin should have no doubt any move by the Russian assembled military across the border of Ukraine is an invasion. It will be met with a very severe economic response from the United States and our allies. 
So this guy called Ron Klain, whoever that is, gets to overrule the president of the United States on matters of foreign policy. Since when is he allowed to do that? Well, whenever he feels like it, that's the real answer. Joe Biden is the weakest leader this country has seen since Woodrow Wilson had a stroke in office. That's a problem, but it's not the core problem. The core problem is that in America, elected officials no longer decide when we go to war, as in, say, a democracy. Instead, bureaucrats, generals, and defense contractors make those decisions, sometimes unilaterally. Here's failed rock star and hilariously inept Secretary of State Tony Blinken threatening, quote, severe action against Russia. Discussion today with Minister Lavrov was frank and substantive. I conveyed the position of the United States and our European allies and partners that we stand firmly uh, with Ukraine in support of its sovereignty and territorial integrity. We've been clear. If any Russian military forces move across Ukraine's border, that's a renewed invasion. It will be met with swift, severe, and a united response from the United States and our partners and allies. So the president of the United States is not allowed to talk in public about Russia. He has admitted that today. He might say something that averts war. So instead, the same people who've lost the last five wars get to speak for him. Do you feel safer? you got to wonder what voters think of this. Actually, we don't need to wonder what they think. Polls show that most Americans are completely opposed to fighting Russia over Ukraine because they're not demented. But you know who's very much in favor of it? Well, defense contractors, including Pentagon Chief Lloyd Austin's former employer, Raytheon. For defense contractors, war means massive profits, by definition. In just the last few years, the U.S. has spent more than $2 billion on military aid to this nation called Ukraine that most people couldn't identify on a map. Just the other day, <clears throat> excuse me, the administration announced $200 million more. So the Ukrainians love this, obviously. This is the whole reason they once employed Joe Biden's otherwise unemployable son, to keep the cash flowing to them. So when Biden hinted this week that war might not be coming right away, the Ukrainians were highly distressed. In fact, they were so distressed, they said so out loud. Watch this. The big concern expressed by one Ukrainian official I spoke to last night is that this offers Vladimir Putin a green light, in his words, to enter Ukraine at his pleasure. So the Ukrainians are complaining about American foreign policy, about what the president said at a press conference. The government of someplace called Ukraine is demanding that we fight the Russian army on their behalf. Okay, I mean, it's not crazy. You could kind of see why would, they would want that. It's a lot easier than doing it themselves. The question is, we're the United States, so why are we obeying them? Now, you heard uh, companies like Raytheon create weapons here in the United States. And the United States have put another $200 million. Now, you see the pattern here? Why are we even going with this? Raytheon creates weapons, obviously. Uh, technology for weapons, that's what they do. And they're very happy. Hey, why not? I will be, if I was in that business, doing the same thing push for more wars now we we are in the birth of some sort of war here and uh, it's more by design than by interest of the better it's a design here same thing with this um, you know how do we call it plan demic and uh, 
I don't want to take away from this topic, but it's easy to understand why we have a big political problem now. Uh, because we do not trust this administration whatsoever. What is coming out from the so-called leader, it's gibberish. It really is. And uh, as you probably know, the signs of dementia is all over the place. You have half of the time he has to have cards, and and on the cards uh, he has to have two different kinds of card sets because he might forget the other set. I don't know. You've probably seen it, and it's not hard to to to, to see this. The fact is, um, we are at emerge a big, big problem. It's a war, and uh, once you steer, uh, once you steer um, this way, or tilt this way, then you're gonna see more and more talks about war, and. Uh, the COVID is going to be a secondary thing, but uh, it's it's just my opinion. I gotta say this. It's just my opinion. But if it's coming in the news, I mean, the opinions are more into factual stuff, you know. But I still gotta say it's my opinion. I mean, I. You you can still see and read, I guess the <laughs> the writing on the wall, and uh, I would not be so. Uh, well, the question is, how long you think? Uh, give it a year, you know. Within a year, we most likely be in a war, cause that's how it starts. Tension here, tension there. The other one starts pushing. The other one starts pushing. They start pushing for each other. And that's an excuse, like every other war that we ever had in this world. Very excuse of of to enter into a war for the pockets of many other companies. And not your pocket. I don't know. I you know, who who am I, right? Who am I to say things like that? But it's my opinion, and I see things, and you probably see them too, and this is not going in the right direction. But um, I wanted to say something else about what's happening in the world, and the interesting thing that most of us see is um, tyranny of these governments. Australia has encampments the Canadian uh, government now is um, creating his own problems because they're asking for vaccinations for all the truck drivers to go across their borders and a lot of these don't have vaccines so like forget that I don't want to get sick it's more expensive you know in the long run to get this vaccine it's more expensive for many. Now, why do I say that? For those who have been following me, you understand why I say this. Vaccines come with big time side effects. 
I'm not one to say I'm against the vaccine. Uh, you, it's on your own risk. That's all I can say. It's on your own risk. Now, the the problem that they're creating in Canada is that they are forcing these truck drivers, the bringing produce across for the benefit of the Canadian people, and the government is stalling them. If you're not vaccinated, you can be in quarantine for 15 days, and while it it could be produce, it can be <laughs> you know basically spoiled. Uh, and cannot be delivered to their end end point. So here is something that I came across, and truck drivers creating an alliance to protest in Canada against all of this. Check this out. Big line, by the way. So, if you go to um, GoFundMe, they have an account, and it's called Freedom Convoy 2022. If you want to help the convoy or group of truckers they're fighting against this tyrannical government and but what what is exactly all about why are they fighting Delta BC rollout January 23rd says to our fellow Canadians the time for the political overreach it's over our current government is implementing rules and mandates that are destroying the foundation of our businesses, industries, and livelihoods. Canadians have been integrated to the fabric of humanity in many ways that have shaped the planet. We are a peaceful country that has helped protect nations across the world from tyrannical governments who oppress their people. And now it seems it is happening here. We are taking our fight to the doorsteps of our federal government and demanding that they seize all mandates against his people. Small businesses are being destroyed. Homes are being destroyed and people are being mistreated and denied fundamental necessities to survive. It is our duty as Canadians to put an end to these mandates. It is imperative that this happens because if we don't, our country will no longer be the country we have come to love. We are doing this for our future generation and to regain our lives back. I'm going to commend these truckers for taking a stand. Really, really taking a stand and God bless them and their families. So, let me read an article here from the uh, Canadian um, Canadian News CBC. It's a small article, and I'm gonna read it to you guys for this uh, police officer who's supporting the uh, you know against mandates. It's 
So check this out. Durban police says that they are investigating after one of their officers posted a video online expressing support for truckers. So check this out. Who are protesting against a federal COVID-19 vaccinated mandate. In a video posted to social media, a uniformed female officer who identifies herself as Const, Const Erin Howard from Ontario says the hundreds of truckers who set off from British Columbia in Sunday are true heroes fighting for the rights and freedoms of all Canadians. I wanted to give a shout out to all the truckers. I think that you guys are doing an incredible, incredible job. You are fighting for our rights and freedoms and right now it feels like we are a little bit a war and those rights our freedoms are our stake the woman in the video said the investigation comes at a time of increased scrutiny of police force with some groups of officers pushing back against sweeping public health measures instituted during the COVID-19 pandemic at the same time police service across Ontario has been task with enforcing those same measures which have been in place to various degrees throughout the last two years. Let me keep it short. This is, uh, you know, <laughs> tyrannical government actually implementing their power, right? Because how dare you go against what we want to do with the population and knowing that you work for us, you are against what we, the government, want for them. You know tyrannical it's really something that you we are seeing everywhere now um, the one thing I can comment now that it remind me is that the courts here in the United States decided to you know ban this you know tyrannical government so like no that's a blow to Joe Biden's agenda to vaccinate the entire population is like a mandate, a hundred people or more companies. The court decided no, that's against the constitution and you can't mandate. Although I can say about half of the other side for people in the medical industry, uh, they're still, I guess, uh, forced into getting to the vaccines. But the problem that I see here, going back to the Canadian, uh, is that if you're against their government, in Canada, then you're gonna get retaliation, and 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 this is what happened to this police officer, and supporting all the truck drivers. So, how dare you? That is the um, quote from the government to anybody that's supposed to be against them, and really, it's a tyrannical, you know, mentality that this guy is doing to the Canadians. Nobody should be forced. Uh, for whatever the reason you have, whether you were against it or for it or whatever, you should be able to have the right to say no. Hey, it's going to come into my body. I don't know what's going to happen. Do you know? It's safe. Well, that's what you think is safe. Was it safe for you? Good. I'm glad. How do you know it's going to be safe for me? And that is the question you have to ask. Hey, let me ask the question. If this is so good, how come these companies are free from getting sued? If this is so good, how come it's not working? 
why we have to take two and three. And one thing that you have to understand is this. Israel is they're probably about 90% vaccinated in their country. And they're coming back with lots of people, you know, infected. But wait a minute. I thought these vaccines were supposed to help this pandemic. What happened? Who are we making billionaires here? And if you heard my last post... The CEO of Pfizer basically came and said it. <laughs> Some of them are not good at all. Somewhat. So, I am just trying to point out certain things. You must stand for your freedoms, for you. I hope uh, I can bring some food for thought on what's going on. And... Hope to catch you next time. Thank you.